It's time to put principles ahead of politics. This is Sages of the Sun, brought to you by the New York Sun. I'm Caroline Beek, the co-founder and editor of The Sun, and I'm joined by Seth Lipsky, our legendary editor-in-chief. We're here to take you behind the headlines, unblinkered, principled, and straight. Let's get started. This week, we sat down with A.R. Hoffman to discuss the January 6th hearings, which made their television debut on Thursday. We reflected back to that historic day, discussed the winners and losers of 2020, and what's at stake in these hearings. Why don't we just jump right in? January 6th hearings start today. Mm-hmm. What, are you, what are you watching for? What are you expecting? Sure. I mean, I think there are a couple of things. One is um, this sort of televised hearings are a sort of almost venerable part of American political theater, um, going back to um, the um, Alger Hiss, um, Whitaker Chambers hearings um, during the Cold War, um, of course, the McCarthy, Army McCarthy hearings. Um, you know, in the 50s, um, t- when television as a mass media was still new, um, its effects were probably magnified. I think we've seen a diminishing um, effect from hearings as we've become sort of media set and image saturated um, over over the years. Think of the Iran-Contra hearings um, and then, of course, the kind of underwhelming uh, Mueller uh, appearance um, um, in the wake of of, of his uh, report into the relationship between President Trump and Russia. So you know we we live in an sort of image and video saturated culture. So Democrats will try Democrats and the two Republicans on the committee, Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, will try to do everything they can to. Um, to break through. Um, they've hired a sort of professional TV producer to um, put these hearings together as a, as a visual spectacle. I think one thing that will differentiate these hearings is the use of video within the hearings itself. So I expect less kind of, you know, C-SPAN style shots on Congress congressmen and women sitting there, you know, reading from a sheet of paper um, and more use of um, a kind of multimedia, multimedia audio visual approach. We're going to see video from um, the events of January 6th itself. Uh, most of those, that footage will be provided by an, uh, an embedded videographer who was there that day. I think many of us have seen those images already. I think one new new sort of set of um, material will be videotaped interviews with members of President Trump's family and inner circle. Those have not previously previously uh, been released, and I'm have no doubt that excerpted um, clips of those um, will be featured to tonight. So let me get this straight. All right, is most of it going to be, you know former interviews that are, that we're watching on video or how much of it's going to be live? So I think um, what to expect is that it'll be a kind of presentation. So, you know, they'll, they'll be kind of rolling video interspersed um, with other kinds of, with other kinds of narration. And as I mentioned, I think those videos. Almost like a live documentary almost. Right. No, entirely. I think that's sort of that's the recognition that to sort of grab attention, um, there's going to have to be something more than just, you know, Adam Schiff 
um, looking at the camera and speaking. In terms of the overall schedule, the first um, the first hearing will be tonight. Uh, I think they're planned for around six over the course of the next month. The one tonight will focus on sort of laying out, according to reports, a timeline of the events of, of January 6th or starting earlier and then kind of telling the story of, 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 of how, how, how we ended up where we did. There, the findings will be summarized or memorialized in a written report that is set to be released in September. Of course, you know, the midterm, midterm elections are coming in uh, in November. And what do you... You know, what are you thinking are the questions that are going to be answered here? Yeah, I mean, I think part of part of the challenge of 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 this committee and, and this entire project is that many of us watched this in real time two years ago uh, or whenever it was a year and a half ago. Um, and so, you know, it's it's it, I think it's difficult there to sort of generate new new drama. I, I think. There's been teasing to trailers. For example, some members of the committee have said, you know, uh, Jamie Raskin, um, who is one of the leaders of the committee, who um, was the manager for, for President Trump's second impeachment trial, which centered on exactly these events. And we'll get to that in a second, has said they found in, you know, um, proof of more than just incitement. The, 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 the story that, that the committee is going to try to tell is of a concerted effort coordinated effort that included both those in the West Wing and affiliated groups, external groups, two of the, the most serious charges that have been leveled so far, that of seditious conspiracy has been have been leveled against leaders of two kind of extremist groups, one called the Proud Boys and one called the Oath Keepers. And the committee is going to try to create a nexus um, what in what in the law is called a nexus between the kind of government actors in the West Wing and these sort of external external groups. The core question is going to be is was such a coordinated effort in fact present or is this a more kind of uh, chaotic uh, situation um, that that sort of spiraled out of out Harry, of is the coordinated effort if it happened, would that be a crime? So the um, the the difficulty in in this entire episode and and i think the one thing i've kept coming back to is that you know everyone from president biden um on down on the democratic side uh, mitt romney's famously the day of or in the hours after said this was an insurrection um it's a word that sort of have, has been um um taken as as a given the problem is that insurrection is a very difficult crime to charge it's it's not it's not defined in the constitution it is defined in subsequent law remember importantly the only crime of defined in the constitution is the crime of treason uh, insurrection is is involves a kind of coordinated effort through violence um, to to kind of overthrow or, or revolt against against the government in 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 that way i mentioned that seditious conspiracy has almost been, has already been charged seditious conspiracy is a kind of b version of insurrection or a sort of pale a pale paler version of of full full-bodied insurrection um and so to your question seth you know the, bringing insurrection as a charge would be very risky, I think. And I think this is some of the things that 
Department of Justice and Attorney General Garland is weighing um, because of the precise difficulty in showing that what was intended, and it, it, there's an element of intent here, is, is to truly overthrow the government. Um, and, and, and that is a, that's a, it's a sort of a high, a high bar. Um, of course, there have been dozens and dozens and dozens of charges centering around disorderly conduct, breaking and entering, damage to government property against individuals who, comp- who, who, who participate in the riots. But, but once you start to think of these sort of very um, high level political crimes, of which insurrection is one, the, the difficulty of, 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 of proving them in court gets exponentially more difficult. Uh, Ari, in these hearings, is there going to be a defense? Um, so I think the, 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 the form of the defense is, um, well, one is, is no, and, and that is, that is a, core, a core part of it. As I mentioned, there are two Republicans on the committee. Both of them have indicated their belief that President Trump um, and, and members of the administration were, were particip- active participants and facilitators of the events of January 6th. Remember, um, Republicans by and large refused to participate in the, in the committee. Um, Adam Kissinger, who is one of the Republicans, is not running for re-election. And uh, Liz Cheney has sort of made her feelings clear. She was censured by the Republican National Committee for, for this participation. My sense is that the defense um, will function a kind of almost like the rebuttal to the state of the union. I see two forms of that defense um, already. One is a sort of working to discredit the committee from the outside um, and uh, pointing out its partisan composition um, as well as its bias. Um, And the other is going to just be refusing to pay attention to it. And we've seen that um, uh, Fox News has sort of refused to carry the hearings. So, you know, there's a sense in which, um, you know, the committee might already be uh, preaching to the choir in a sense that an impeachment proceeding is not right impeachment proceeding as a quasi legal proceeding is requires a kind of defense and prosecution Um, such a structure is not present here, which, um, and if I could just unpack that a little bit, and that goes to, I think, some of our concerns about this hearing is that it is a fact-finding hearing um, or investigative hearing, of course, which is in Congress's ambit, but it is functioning more like a legal uh, proceeding or more like a trial. And the difficulty there, of course, is that Congress is not- quickly, what do you mean by it's functioning more like a legal trial, even though it's a fact-finding mission? Right. Well, sort of, you know, the line between uh, between sort of saying like, okay, well, this happened, we're investigating this, versus beginning to make statements that relate to um, to guilt is comes close to sort of feeling like it's, um, it's acting as a kind of court or as a kind of uh, judicial body. And the difficulty there is that there is a core constitutional principle banning and prohibiting bills of attainder, which are basically one way to understand the bill of attainder is it's when a kind of legislative body acts as a judicial body um, and passes laws that target one person or sort of make one person's behavior criminal um, or illegal. And it was very important to the founders who came from a framework in which those two functions, the judicial and the legislative were mixed um, oftentimes um, to separate those two. 
right? And that's why we have kind of separation of powers. And the idea is that, you know, um, a Article One, which is the legislative branch, is not meant to assume the functions, the powers of the judicial branch, um, um, Article Three. And, um, and so there, there, the thing to watch is the connection between this committee and the Department of Justice, right? Already reports have come out that there is now traffic, documentary traffic between the committee and the Department of Justice, sharing interview notes, sharing kind of materials gathered. And so, you know, the more those two are working hand in hand, I think the more there are legitimate questions around sort of, well, where does one end and the other begin? Um, the ultimate charging decision will be up to Attorney General Garland. But if the two are working in concert, I think it starts to look a little bit, a little bit more, the lines start to, to blur. Now, I have a recollection that in the trial of uh... Admiral Poindexter and Oliver North, the trials, I guess, they eventually were cleared because the Supreme Court uh, said that evidence they had given in the congressional hearings could not be used against them in trial. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they were cleared. That was an example of the mixing of the legislative evidence seducing process and the judiciary process so mm -hmm. yeah. serious issue right yeah and that's a great you know it's a great precedent partially because those were also kind of televised hearings they also had to do with sort of political scandal or who knew what when but seth is exactly right and the issue there was that the government had made promises to those individuals right. and granted them immunity in exchange for their testimony and, has that um, been going on here there, you know, there's not that we know of, there's been no sort of granting of immunity um, in terms of um, the testimony. But I think aside from that, it does bring up um, another sort of con core constitutional question. And that is sort of one of double jeopardy. Um, and that's the other issue here, right, is, well, you know, we've already had an, an um, impeachment um, proceeding um, on exactly this question. Now, you know, the committee will say, well, we didn't know then what we know now. Okay, but it, it basically concerns President Trump's responsibility for the events of January 6th. And uh, the Senate found, um, found President Trump not guilty. And it's important to say not guilty, right? Because it, it is a, a legal proceeding, an impeachment trial, and, that, that, and the, the Senate sits as the jury in that proceeding. And so, you know, one question here, just as with sort of Oliver North and John Poindexter, well, it, the problem was immunity, but the problem was also a kind of trial on the same on the same facts. Thank you for listening to this sample of Sages of the Sun. To listen to the whole episode and access our entire catalog, go to NewYorkSun.com. That's NYSun.com. <laughs>